Hello everyone, I hope you guys are having an amazing day already today, and I just wanted to state for the record a small editor's note here. There is not a large amount of language or overwhelming amount of language in this episode, but I did mark this episode as explicit because there are some things said and or referenced that can be sensitive towards younger viewers. So if you are listening to this episode with younger viewers in the room or around, I would highly advise that you click off of this clip and then come back to us when it is more appropriate. This is just me being the cautious person that <laughs> was raised in a, a very Christian household, and I just want to be safe for all of the parents and or individuals with young ones, just in case. I'd rather be safe than sorry. So, as stated, viewer discretion is advised for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it a lot because it was so much fun making this episode with Mr. Euro Expert, or aka Alex Barker, and let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of season 2 of the Wormburner Podcast. I am your host, Justin. And for this week, I have a very, very, very special guest for you guys today. He is a ex-assistant producer for Sky as well as a current journalist for Breaking the Lines, as well as working for the likes of OneFootball, Arsenal Fan TV, Chelsea FC TV, and Football Daily. Here is Mr. Alex Barker, a.k.a. EuroExpert. Hello, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me on. Of course, of course. It was, it was very amazing ass to even have you on as well because it was just something that i i had watched your content previously before maybe not as much as i do now <laughs> but it was just a really amazing thing that that i was so amazed and honored to have you on so i'm very much looking forward to this oh thank you man that means a lot to me thank you <laughs> well, good good and so i want to start it off easy and ask a question that I had seen in a video of yours with a Q&A, and I wanted to see if it was still true. So do you still not have a favorite team, or is it kind of are, – are there any new soft spots that have been developed recently? Ooh, there's not a favorite team still. I don't know. Okay. I think I, I can't. I can't pick a favorite team anymore. If I do, <laughs> if I do, everyone else will be. Whoever is at the support of that favorite team is gonna hate me. Any <laughs> new, any new soft spots? Every year to let you in behind the curtain, I pick for the amount of leagues that I try to watch. I always pick a team from like the, each of the big five leagues. I choose. I'm gonna follow uh, to make sure that I I. I don't just go in aimlessly, right? I don't go to the season blind. So, like, for example, Fiorentina are a team I'm going to watch this season, but haven't really got much of a soft spot there. Southampton are a team I'm going to watch this season a bit more. I quite, I'm getting more into their culture. I quite like it. I think the newest soft spot is the most hipster team you could ever think of. It's UD Almera from Spain. And I'll tell oh. you now, I, I sent Doogie Critchley Football Daily um about 200 words on them in whatsapp uh, i think he appreciated it um on this team they 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 to sum it up they they're like one of the youngest teams in the league they almost beat real madrid on opening day 
They come from an area of Spain where they film all the American Westerns, something your audience, I imagine, will probably be liking, and you. And also, they have a, they, they're a special team in that they're the only La Liga team whose grass is below regulation because there's just no water there. There was so This is all from the first game and all the commentary. It was so weird, and I loved every minute of it. That does seem like a very peculiar side, and it and I didn't even I didn't even know that the U.S. was covering them as well, which is like an added bonus for me because whenever it comes to soccer games over here, I have to get up at god awful hours in the morning, <laughs> just being able to to just watch even Manchester City. So that's actually my favorite team, and so it's just. Uh, it, it sometimes it can be a hassle, but it's an enjoyable hassle. I, I think you can maybe agree with me on that. When yeah, it, I can. When when it comes to football atmospheres, I think that is something that is very underrated when it comes to at least here over in the United States because we don't really have one per se. Or I should say if we do – it's brand spanking new. Like within the past 10 years, we have really developed an atmosphere and being able to interview you. I wanted to pick your mind on that a little bit and get your perspective as somebody that has grown up in Britain their entire life and even played soccer when they were younger as a goalkeeper, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you're not mistaken. OK, awesome. Uh, I just wanted to pick your head on that and just tell me what you think about that when you, versus other countries as well. well the, the British atmosphere, the great British atmosphere of football, you mean? Yes, exactly. Yes. I I, I mean, I quite like it. I think there's negatives. It's, mm-hmm. The US is a fun comparison. In, in the UK, I'll be honest with you, my friend, we, we laugh at America and well, we laugh at America full stop. But we, we laugh mainly at the football atmosphere. But I think that's because our idea is that viral video of like American Tottenham fans, American Arsenal fans going at each other, uh, chanting on like a bridge. That's the video in my head. I think I've done a good description. But that I think that also tells you what British fans think of ourselves. We tend to think we're, you know, with well, I'm going to separate myself from this for my own benefit, but majority of casual English football fans think think that the Premier League is the top thing and nothing else matters and they mm-hmm. play the football the best. And, you know, you can't hack it in some senses. I don't think if it was for English fans, the Super League would have been killed. But um, when you go to games, which I've, you know, I've done a bit more recently, yeah, you will come across the odd, the odd knobhead, we'll, we'll say. Uh, so compared to Europe, I'll add as well. I mean, I haven't been I haven't been to a football game in Europe. I have friends who have, and it's a dream I have to do. But to be honest, I'd, I'd rather go to watch an American game than a European game because I feel like if you're not hard enough, you will be stabbed or beat up by some by some ultras. Oh my lord! <laughs> it's 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 like a um, representation of. Have you ever seen the movie Green Street Hooligans? Of course, man. Of course. Okay. Okay. I just I, hey, you never know. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I wow. I just think that that's. I mean, again, being from America, and that has been something that I picked up on as well. That the British don't normally care for the Americans when it comes to soccer. Because I mean, the best way I like to explain it, and I'm sure you guys, uh, or or at least the British. Uh, feel the same way we're kind of the new kids on the block 
and we're kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and we we talk all of this smack, and I, I feel like that we have this American ideology of, oh, we're really good at something when we're very obviously not. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess so, but like... I mean, it, it depends where we're talking from. I think American football teams, American soccer teams. Sorry for the accent, but I know no, no, you'll, you're do going... a, you'll do a British accent to me at some point. I I, I endorse it. Um, like yeah, like, I mean, I'm Euro expert. I can have less of an interest in the MLS, sadly. But mm-hmm. it, when it comes to fan, football fans in America being fans of European European teams and English teams, I I do actually really respect it. I think when I was younger. You know, it's easy to think like, oh, what do these people know? They're they're not this Manchester City fan. He's he's in Colorado. He's he's not a Manchester. But you kind of outlined it at the start of this podcast that you do have to make quite a big sacrifice to support a team. And it, it, I I have respect for it even more in the terms of I know even as popular as it's grown, football soccer is not a very popular sport in America. I mean, I was looking into the backstory of um. Chris Richards, I think when he was growing mm. up in he was growing up in Dallas, he said he was literally the, the only kid playing football, and all his friends were like, "What the hell are you doing with your life?" So I have respect for anyone in America who grows, who, who starts it, almost like breaking away from the norm and looking at European football. I think that's quite cool. Yeah, it it's when and plus you also have the 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 how do I want to phrase this the fans that. And for me, I just love any soccer. And there are very rare few of us that I will get up and I have gotten up at like three or four in the morning to even watch Asian games. And it's just it is very weird for me to say as an American that I love soccer because I know people are looking at me like, you have American football. Why are you watching soccer? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so it, it's just that much more enjoyable for me, at least personally, because there is that atmosphere. There is this passion that at least to my to, in my opinion, it is not matched in American football like it is not there. There it is so obvious. It's not even funny that people take it very very seriously and i think you had alluded that to that when it came to this just the british atmosphere as well and i i completely agree and that's something that the united states is very new to mm-hmm. and i think that we could eventually get to that hopefully it doesn't get as bad per se like i know that ultras are extremely passionate and i know that with the ultras it can be a little excessive with some of the stuff that they do do i feel like that we could do it it's just going to be a while because as i've stated in other episodes for my podcast england has been in soccer for over a hundred years easily and the united states has only had our first division, the MLS, since 91. Mm. And y- you guys have had – I was about to say y'all, so that's <laughs> – <laughs> that just explains my American there. But 
you guys have had football for over a hundred years at that point, and here we are, brand spanking new on the block. We've got to make up that gap. So I feel yeah. like 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 I've said before, it's it's just gonna take a while. Yeah, I think it's it needs to embed more into your society. For example, if I was to look in all directions from my desk right now, there's a football pitch in the park about a minute's walk away from me. There's a football pitch about five minutes walk away from me. Then there's another football pitch I know about 20 minutes walk away from me. Like everywhere you go, there is football because our country is so small, mm-hmm. even though I think everyone in the UK tends to think we're some massive country. We're such a small nation that truthfully, even the people who don't like football and don't watch it, they have a good understanding of it. So I think in America, what I can imagine at least is that, it, I mean, my image, my image of it is probably exaggerated, but I think for like every person in America who's a fan of football, fan of soccer, there's like 30 people around them that just don't care about it. Mm. I find that that's very interesting because you don't really, or at least I don't think about that because there are people that like other sports in nations that that sport isn't that that large. So it, I always think of it like with soccer being in America, it's, I think it's the fourth largest sport in America now. Thankfully, thankfully it has gone up, thankfully. So I have, I have that to look forward to, but it, like I said, it's, it's a growing process. We have our growing pains too, as well, because when it comes to just the slow growth, we so for a little bit of context as well, we finally have had the very first MLS side win our regional continental championship, the CONCACAF Champions League, for the first time in over 20 years. Wow. And that long. Oh, yeah. Is I believe the last team to do it was the L.A. Galaxy back in 0102. Can I guess where the winners have come from in that time? Is it all from Mexico? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly how it's happened. And I think, ironically enough, the majority, yes, have been from Mexico, but I think three of them have been from Costa Rica. Oh, wow. And that is the part for me that I'm like, okay, something's up here, because before this previous CONCACAF Champions League campaign – Costa Rica had more Champions League titles by their teams than the U.S. did. Wow. And I'm like, the amount of money that we're funding into soccer, you would think we would see a a result here. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's got to come from that sort of community community Mm -hmm. build, I think. Like, there's so much money you can pump it for it. Like, in growing up in, in the U.K., I think you could come from quite a poor area and you'd still have access to football and you still probably be indoctrinated into football and there's just so much that goes on to make you a better player i guess maybe in the u.s pumping money into it it still feels artificial i reckon as generations go through in your country it's going to be more natural i mean there's a good book called soconomics um by a couple of economists who have an interest in football and they actually have a look at which football nations will be the powerhouses of the future and I think one of them was Japan and the other was U.S. So, no, the, the predictions are on. Interesting. I So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I actually read a portion of that book. I didn't catch with them saying that the United States was going to be one of the growing nations. I didn't catch that. But 
regardless, <laughs> it, I think it does go back to we are we're still we're still in our growing pains right now. And mm. so I think that's something that has happened over the previous couple of years is that we have gone from oh that's an easy game whenever it came to any u.s teams or any even the national team as well like oh that's an easy game to teams finally saying okay we need to buckle down and we need to actually take this game seriously because the u.s are starting to get good yeah yeah i hear you and like i said i hope that it happens sometime in the future but i want to move on to another question though that kind of delves into atmosphere but it's a little more personal for you i had seen on your linkedin that there was a quote at the very top of your profile and i wanted to ask what it means to you and so the quote that is referenced on your linkedin is hard work beats talent what does that mean to you that's a great question i appreciate a host who does his research um that quote comes from i'll give you a bit more of an exclusive i don't think i've touched on this in another podcast that comes from my idol who is um the youtuber ksi uh i've grown up yeah i've grown up uh watching him over the past 10 years so when he first broke out in like 2011 um and he's someone who he admits is not talented at all in the slightest and he works extremely hard to become a music artist become a boxer uh to become the number one youtuber in the uk and and to remain humble as well and that strikes me as someone who's broke into this space without now i am a qualified journalist but i started in 2020 as someone with no qualification in football no qualification in writing uh, basically as a nobody and i really try to embody the idea that it doesn't matter how talented you are as long as you if you don't work hard you're not going to get anywhere. And vice versa, if it doesn't matter how talented you are, if you do work hard, then it'll put you ahead of the pack. And, and that's what I'd say that phrase means to me. I, I love that. And honestly, that's actually a very interesting side note as well. I do follow KSI as well. And I didn't know he even said that quote. So that's something brand new for me. i tell you what, it's a weird coincidence. I was literally watching him say it today. It was... um. I mean, oh. he said if he, he said it a few times uh, sporadically, but you're saying it a big time today. This is getting really nerdy, but you're gonna have to appreciate. <laughs> um, I was rewatching when uh, his brother Deji lost a boxing fight. I think to the American TikToker called Vinny Hacker. I don't know. I don't believe it or not. I don't watch TikTok. Um, but uh, yeah, Deji. Guess I was telling him that you're not good. Well, JJ was telling him if you don't work hard, you're never gonna get anywhere. You're talented, but yeah, you need to work hard. So, he, yeah, it's something I think he takes. He, he he puts close to his heart and I'll put it close to mine. I appreciate that. Like, that's that's really awesome. And it's great to see that. See that because as as you stated, that sometimes is the definitive factor to getting you over the line over everyone else. That ta- talent, I, I forgot who said it, but talent can only get you so far. Mm. And that's where the hard work comes in and gets you over that line. And it also comes to a quote of mine, which if we're talking nerdy, I don't think it's going to get much nerdier than this, but (laughs) I have a quote from star Wars that I am very close to. 
and it is never tell me the odds until after I've done it. Hey, you know, I like that. I like that. I was worried it was going to be something from like The Last Jedi, a lot of hung up, um, but I'm glad it's from somewhere else. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I I'm glad that we have the same like mind of not liking The Last Jedi. So oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, Justin. Thank you. Of course. So I want to touch a little bit on your content creation as well. And I wanted to ask, since there isn't as much Q&A and as much information, I did. I, I tried to dig as much as I could. And I wanted to ask, has there been a favorite moment for you or if there isn't a favorite moment was there a moment where you finally had a click in your head of, wow, this is a lot farther than I thought it would? Oh, that's a good, that's a great question. I think there's been twice. One was very recently, but I think the first one was just after I, well, not a few months after I started my TikTok uh, last year in 2021. I think it just hit 10K in around September, I want to say maybe November, um, October or November, I, even up and even I was getting 8,000, 9,000 followers, I still did not believe, and I still don't 100% believe it now, that the people who follow me watch all of my videos. Like, it's still in my head that whatever, but for whatever reason, it's fashionable to like and share this and be like, yo, yeah, great video or whatever. So it's only when I think I started hitting about 10,000 or like around that mark, so I started to click in my head like you're you're actually you are you are actually doing something here you're making something and the second one was uh yeah this week when I I'll give you a great story um it, so this week I uploaded a video on Ten Hag at Manchester United which is my best performing video ever I think at the time of recording now it's on about four hundred and thirty thousand views on TikTok uh I've hit two hundred thousand before but nothing like that and. I, I uploaded that on Monday night four times, Justin, four times because uh, TikTok has a glitch where you upload a video and it's almost like it's privatized. So I check after an hour, 10 views, delete, upload again, check after an hour, 20 views. And I deleted it and uploaded it again at 11 o'clock at night UK time. And I thought, F this. If it, if it fails, I don't care. And I woke up at 80K throughout the day. It just kept on gaining. And I've just started a new uh, job for myself, which I will keep uh, private for now, but not for too long anyway. And my my boss uh, is quite an established man anyway. And mm-hmm. I was helping him with his own TikTok, his own social media. And he was quite happy with how he was doing. He was getting like a thousand views. Because, yeah, it's, this is really good. And he found mm-hmm. mine and he was like, my God, you're huge. And I went, I'm not. And he went, yeah, yeah whatever. I'll, I'll, I've, got, I've got to tell my kids about this. And then on Friday, he came in and he said, Alex, I told my kids, like, there's a guy tic- a guy on at work, he's TikTok famous. They asked, what's his name? And I said, oh, it's EuroExpert. And my kids said, yeah, we like him. We already watch his videos. And it was that moment on Friday where I thought, oh, my God, this, this something <laughs> really happened here. And it, that was a that was a really proud moment. That's a that's a phenomenal story. And that that was something that I did want to mention as well with that video. And and I got the behind the scenes, essentially, of of how that happened. I I absolutely love that. And you do such a phenomenal job. And I think that was one of our first interactions as well on Twitter. 
of you do a really great job of interacting with both how a player's doing as well as matching it with the actual statistics that prove this player is doing really good for X, Y, and Z reasons. And I feel like that is a a really good way to get into soccer as well and just have that in-depth knowledge as well as maybe even for those that want to be coaches as well. It opens the mind to being more than just a feeling or more than just pleasing on the eyes that you want to buy a player like you are buying them for x y and z reasons they create this many chances so you need to up your chances created to improve your team and i think that is where it's going to go and i wanted to ask you being this social media influencer towards soccer analytics Where do you see this going for the future of soccer? Because we have seen, at least for the example of of one team, Brentford, have done this to very good success. At least from your opinion, where do you see this going? Well, my my opinion is stretched. So I say that every, every Premier League club has successfully implemented football analytics based recruitment strategy. Apart from Manchester United, <laughs> just who are just flailing around like a whale out of water, like gasping for air. They're 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 stuck in 2003. Um, on a serious note, I do I do expect football analytics to keep taking over. But as you kind of touched on, it's really important. It's important to acknowledge that eye test and make sure you're not making your decisions off of data, like completely. And I think. See, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a qualified coach. I have gone at parts of my content in the past, especially over the last season, I would go really hard into making my work, like football club level of analytics research, at least, like mm-hmm. really putting in all the all the parameters and all the caveats and making sure like this, and there is no misleading here. This is not for clicks. This is just for analytical research data research uh, but i found you're not going to engage people if you start at the extreme i think maybe that's what some people if we're talking like analytics on twitter i think that's what some people are just missing you're not going to be able to it depends where you want to go if you want to go into a football club be my guest to you know be as extreme as you want and just negate the people who tell you that they can't understand your work but if you want to engage people you've got to make sure that you break down your work in simple forms, which is why this summer transfer window, I still try and imp- like put in analytics based stuff like and the advanced stuff, because I think it's important that we continue to learn about it. But I've stepped it down a little bit just to simplify stuff, because I'd rather I'd say in the UK there's a, a parameter. I'd rather the football watching population of the UK understand statistics a little bit than the majority not understanding any of it and then a little percentage of it like being you know working in clubs i think it's better to have an even playing field if that makes sense no the yeah that does that actually really does you being able to make relatable content is important when it comes to content creation and that's the best way that i feel like that you can explain that it's Mm. it's there is that medium that happy medium of how much can I get into this and how much can I make this 
fun and and exciting in another way to yeah. kind of I don't want to say offset the boring stuff because at least for people like you and me it it's very fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it can be too much sometimes for other people. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just I I loved it and that's why I commented where I did and I was just it was it was amazing and that is what leads me to asking about the parameters and the soccer analytics for non top five leagues. I wanted to ask for your opinion for anybody that is getting into soccer or has been established in soccer for a long time. Is there a underrated non top five league that you would recommend that they watch? Oh, okay. That's a great question. So first of all, I say it depends where you live. I live in the UK and you know, we, we don't have access to the Eredivisie on TV, but I assure you, Justin, that I find very legal streams that I always, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely legal and it's definitely not an illegal stream online. I can tell you that right now. But if, if assuming you have access to the majority of European leagues and it's not a top five one, I, that is tough. The obvious one is Portugal, but mm-hmm. Portuguese football's become quite... It's very much the top three V all, and I think Portuguese, like hardened Portuguese league fans, will respect that. I think the Eredivisie is entertaining, but again, outside of like the top six, I think the quality drops off. So I'm beginning to look towards sort of Belgian football because I think that's had a real breakout over the last few years. Whether you're a fan, if you're a fan, I think there's stories there. I think Andalect's a quite a fun sign to watch especially at the moment they've got the manager of um the team that really broke the headlines last year union royal saint Louis, who almost won the league in their like debut season after 70 odd years uh yeah they've got the manager there felix mazou who's important in good football and like if you're if you're looking at it from more of like i want to get into football analysis i think the, the league's really fun to watch i'll give you one example of a team that of a story that i find quite interesting there's a team called cars open who you know on the on the outside of it they look like a very random team with very random players they've got a link with guitars aspire academy which is i think the most expensive football academy in the world and it was part of their plan to build a world cup team in time for 2022 and part of that plan was bringing players in usually from africa and then sending them to Karlsruhe as a sort of break into Europe. I think a couple of players who've done that have been Moussa Varg, who was of Barcelona, and Henry Onyekuru of Everton. Neither of their careers have worked out, but it's just a fun story. Absolutely. I I didn't even think that that was something, because you, you think of all of these feeder clubs, and in, in some instances feeder leagues, when you look at the smaller leagues around the world in itself, and I didn't think that there was that kind of a connection between Qatar of all places and Belgium you, yeah. you would you would never think of that when you go into that story you say I mean it could be all day about it, but I, I highly recommend reading up on Aspire Academy it, the, the whole basis from was from Qatar getting the scout who found Lionel Messi to basically say we're having a world cup in like 12 years time but can you go to Africa find the most talented players bring them over here, educate our own footballers and hope some of them, uh, allegedly hope some of them, you know, switch their allegiance to guitar and let's just see what we can do. 
and like that is ridiculous you look at the academy from like a bird's eye view and it looks like it's from 20 years in the future it's crazy wow is it it so i i don't want to get this reference wrong but is it kind of like borussia dortmund with their youth academy where it's it, it i had seen some of the training videos from Borussia Dortmund, and it is just on a completely different level than anything that I've seen here in the U.S. Uh, I imagine it is, but probably inside because Qatar got this like giant building, and the whole thing is aircon. <laughs> of course, it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez, I, that is definitely something that I'm going to be getting into and researching because uh, obviously I'm I love this this kind of in depth research and in-depth things it's so definitely i'm going to be getting into that and i know that it is probably a well-beaten horse by now i do want to go back to the top five leagues though Mm -hmm. i wanted to see and i know that it is past the beginning of the season don't don't crucify me here but could we maybe do a predictions for the top five um yes we could okay i'll tell my alexa to shop alexa echo stop um predictions of the top five leagues yes i can tell you that i think i'm still gonna be bold i think liverpool will win the Ooh. premier league okay i think psu will win league and that's an easier one that, that uh, is <laughs> Let's go, let's go even easier. It's a bit of a bold, a bold prediction, maybe. But I think Bayern Munich might have the Bundesliga. I think they might edge it. Um, God in heaven. Uh, and Syria, you know, we'll leave that to last because it's probably the hardest one. La Liga, I think, still Madrid's to win. Mm-hmm. Syria, pre-season, I had Inter Milan down. But since you're offering me the opportunity now, I'm actually going to go with Juventus. Ooh. I know no one likes Max Allegri. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know everyone hates Juve. I myself am kind of included in that. I hope their president Agnelli like gets eaten by a pigeon. Um, but I think Juventus are going to win the title. I think they've got the quality players again. And I think Allegri, as boring as he is, is a great coach. And I don't think his tactics are as out- outdated as uh, some of us might think. Yeah, I think what looking at Juve, it's it's some it's I don't want to say it's like a surefire thing because obviously the previous two years it has not been the surefire thing. I think that Max Alle- Max Allegri was the safe option going back to a manager for them, and going into this season they do have a shout in my opinion, and that's a that by the way going back to the that's a very specific way that you want uh max allegri to be eaten <laughs> by a pigeon <laughs> no no, just... no no not max allegri Ag- andrea canelli andrea Canelli. Oh. It's, uh, it's all it, he's the president that's all from the super league i like i like oh. i like don't worry they've got similar names i understand i i like allegri but agnelli uh he's he's the guy with paris he tried to set up the super league and he's like okay. the one who's just like was like oh i think football fans they want like 10 minute games and they want it to be like Fortnite. and yeah i think i think my description for Perez that he's a it was that he's a fat melting candle and my prescription for anelli is yeah i hope he gets eaten by a pigeon 
Well, with that, um, <laughs> I want to – so let's go ahead. I'll do mine really quick. Real Madrid, La Liga, I think that's pretty surefire on. Ooh, do I want to be that guy and say Manchester City for the Premier League? I mean, what do you mean that guy? By that guy, do you mean like half the population of the world who thinks that he's going to win the league? And well, I'm sure you're breaking any ground there. I Well, no, because you, you have to also think, too, as well, with me being a fan of Manchester City, I don't want to be biased. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, you, it, it's not that outlandish. If you're a fan of like Tottenham, you said, yeah, I see them like winning the league. I might have some questions for you, but I think you're, I think you're safe. <laughs> okay, okay. I think so. I will counter saying Manchester City will win the league, but I do want to say something that is, I feel, is a little more of a hot take. Mm-hmm. I I think this year Arsenal goes above Tottenham. Ooh, I don't think that's too much of a hot take. I Just mean, by- I I can't give I can't tell you right now who's finishing higher out of Tottenham Arsenal. And uh, Chelsea, I can't tell you. I think they're all all pretty much on the same level, and it's bloody hard to pick apart who'd win. Absolutely, it's those they they have really hit the ground running, and that is one of the things that being seeing Gabriel Jesus leaving, going to Arsenal, as well as Zinchenko, as well. I think that those were superb moves. By the way, I don't care what. Manchester City says that they should have never left or whatever. I don't care. Like that was a phenomenal poach from Arsenal. I it kind of perturbs me that it was such a bad or such a good <laughs> poach from us. <laughs> but you just got to hold your hands up now because they're doing phenomenal, and I'm I I have to applaud and and oh my lord the way that Jesus played. I forgot who they played, but he had two goals and two assists in, like, the first game. It was, like, absolutely ridiculous. And I, I saw his assist yesterday. Well, pre-assist for um, it's when Martinelli shot and it rebounded to Odegaard. Where, where he, like, weaved through two defenders and then, like, backflicked it through to Martinelli. It was, it was a joke watching that. And it's annoying because my friend who... Uh, you might have seen in your research as a friend I mentioned called Harris, who I'm dedicated to beating an FPL this year. He's a newbie. He, he wasn't even into football two years ago. And he came in the top 10,000 last year in FPL. And so I, I, we've got a bet this year to win 50 quid. And he's got Harlan the Jesus up front. And I've got Ivan Tony. And my gamble was not paid off, I'm telling you at all. Uh, oh, so my Lord. Whenever whenever Jesus has scored so far this season, I've kind of, I've kind of died inside a little bit. Oh yeah, I can imagine that. Especially and with being the being the newbie as well, it's it's like that's not a good feeling. <laughs> it just it just sits there and goes, Oh, your 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 football profile's fun, but really I should take over because I clearly know more about football than you and I'm like, Shut up, Harris. I know you've won this league, but I I, I need ammo on him basically. I hope I beat him this year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You do. Yeah. If anything happens, you don't want that actually reminds me of another friend of mine. We I had a sports game. I think it was FIFA 08 or 09 for Wii. And it didn't matter how many times I played this friend of mine. 
he wasn't as much into soccer as I was. I don't know what it was. I He could have put some kind of juju on me that I was never aware of or, or something. I could never beat this man ever. Like I, I don't know what possibly was happening. I always played him. I've never won a game against him with a specific character it, with being we. And it perturbed me to no end. <laughs> exactly. And this is a thing I've got. So if there's any witches listening to this podcast, uh, can I send you my friend Harris's team and can you curse them? <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's that'll definitely be. So if you get any DMs about that, I, I would like to know because that's <laughs> it's it's going to be something that would be interesting to know, at least I but. Continuing on, I feel like we got a tiny bit sidetracked, but that's okay. I want to go to the Bundesliga. I think I think it's the very obvious answer. You don't, come on, you don't have to think about it this long. So spit it out. We know who's winning it. Bayern Munich. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> but, you do? I, I like your effort. I like you think, like, oh, you know, it's just so tight at the Bundesliga. I just can't think. Well. <laughs> What? But I do want to concede as well. I have another hot take here. Go on. I, I think Union Berlin finished Champions League. That's not a hot take. They came, they came close last year. I, I, I think that's respectable. They they came fourth. No, they came. I swear they came like seventh. They had a very yeah. good year. They yeah. had um Europa uh, uh Europa Conference League. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, it's a bit mad to say they'd finish above Leverkusen, Leipzig. Well, maybe not Leverkusen, but you know, Leipzig, Dortmund, or Gladbach or Frankfurt. But then again, like, yeah, it's not it's not that outlandish. I respect that. Okay, okay. League on obvious PSG. <laughs> yes. There is no hot take with that one either. City ah, I think I'm going to go with i think one of the milans does it again i just don't i don't know which one though (laughs) is is it acceptable to say either milan (laughs) no you gotta pick one dang it um okay uh enter i'll say enter there we go yeah that if if juventus don't win it i think i think they were i think inter will win it okay well i just wanted to go ahead and close out this episode we did go a little bit over time here but it that's okay i enjoyed every single second of it alex is there anything that you want to shout out on your end or anything at all that you want to say before we before we sign out no i've just had a really good time thank you for having me on i look forward to coming back Awesome, awesome. So that is going to be it for this episode of the Wormburner podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for making it to the end here. And as always, stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.